0: You're listening to Lights Out, where we'll talk about all things Formula One. From racecraft and strategy, to politics on and off the grid, and just about everything else in between. This is our call to the girls' gays and thays who might have never considered themselves sporty, that now is the time to get into sports.
1: Or at least this sport. And to the guys, welcome to the ladies' locker room. We're your hosts. I'm Kate.
0: My name is Kennedy. And with that,
1: it's Lights Out, and away we go.
0: oh my God, I didn't tell you. Mm-hmm. So a friend of a friend, uh, his brother, I was at an event on Tuesday. Yeah. And his brother, we had to like ride a little like shuttle to the location of where we were at going. And he sat next to me and he goes, so I have to ask your advice. I was like, we've just met today. What advice do you need to ask me? Mm-hmm. And he goes, so for my formula, fantasy formula one league, I'm doing really poorly. Uh, and I currently have like, I don't know, Esteban Ocon as like my top driver. And I I was like, um, (laughs) interesting. He's like, yeah, I just have a lot of faith in Esteban. And I was like, we, we do too. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think maybe you should switch that out for someone else.
1: Yeah. Like somebody who's like in the points, right. A little more consistent. Right. And I was like,
0: I think like a Norris or a Russell, like, if you have... He's like, yeah, he's like, I'm going to spend money on Max. And then Esavon Ocon was my second. And I was like, I don't think that's the right choice for you, sir. That was the first time someone's, like, sought my advice Ooh. that I just met. That was very interesting.
1: My, uh... In, like, a Formula
0: One capacity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's Let's be clear here.
1: I occasionally advise my boyfriend... On his uh, F1 fantasy team. But unfortunately for him, every single time he asks me, it's always between, he's like, who's gonna do better this week, Ferrari or McLaren? Because he has like Lando and uh, Carlos, I think. And I, I've gotten it wrong every single week because you have to lock in your fantasy choices on like Thursday, I think, uh-huh. or maybe Friday morning or something. Uh-huh. Like, before before free practices are over. Yeah. And every time, every time he's asked me, yeah, I always guess wrong. <laughs> this poor man. And, of course, today, he, you have to, I guess in F1 Fantasy, before the summer break, you have to choose one driver for one race to be, like, triple points. Oh. And um, would you just like to just take a swing at who he might have chosen today?
0: Max for seven.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is how... How little I know about um, fan- like fantasy sports or fantasy league. I full on set up my fantasy league at the beginning of the season in March and I've not touched it since. I thought it was like a leave it, like set it and forget it. <laughs> I didn't realize you could change every race. Um, this is the first time the three of us have all been together since we recorded our first few episodes back in February before the season started. We record. Almost every other episode via Zoom. Mm -hmm. It's just the vibe. It's just so nice to have you guys in person. Today was the first race we watched, like as a little little Uh, yeah, as a
1: podcast uh, that we've watched together in person, In person, and not just over the group text.
0: Yeah. Which is usually, which is just me sitting on my couch yelling at the TV, <laughs> and then the two of you in your home.
1: Yeah. Usually it's the two of us in our home, like, loading in on as many devices as possible at once, because our old house internet inevitably would be fine until the moment a race was on, Yeah, at which point the internet would go down, like, every six minutes. So every six minutes, we'd be, like, swatching, sw- uh, swapping to watch it, like, on my phone while we reload the computer seven times. Yeah. And, uh yeah, it was it was very relaxing to not have to do that today. That was great. But no, you guys, I
0: mean, that's not a problem. Big life change has happened for the two of you.
1: Yes. You have,
0: you have new digs.
1: Yes. Uh, it's been a sec since I've been on the pod, even though I only missed, well, technically I missed two races. I only missed one episode, to be fair. But yeah, it's been close to a month now, or maybe almost exactly a month since I was on the pod, and so much has happened in the interim we're gonna
0: (laughs) speaking of our reunited chats Uh we had a whole conversation uh in an uber the other day about getting lights out podcast merch but specifically only for dogs yeah
1: only for dogs yeah we actually only we don't make human merch um we need roscoe hamilton's measurements yeah i'm just trying to get here's the thing is like, that's a true blue ocean market. I think like (sighs) nobody's really tapping F1 for dogs as a fan base. And I think we can really be first to market there. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, once we get that partnership, that LH 44 Roscoe partnership, I think that really we'll be able to, to very quickly take over the dog based formula one merch market.
0: Yeah. I would agree with that
1: statement. I Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, I know plenty of dogs, so, like, we can do a very size-inclusive um, range. range. Mm-hmm. Like, my parents' dog is very round, so <laughs> if we make something that fits skinny little Mia and um, chunky boy Duncan, that's really covering quite the range. Can I just play a little ditty before we start here? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen in the audience, what are your bets that she's about to play Mood? I would, oh, yeah, see, there we go.
0: And we only listen to the first, like, 15 seconds yeah. of the song.
1: we listen to however much was in the reel, and then we're like, okay, I'm done. In case the audience was wondering what we do when we get together in person, um, it's not that different from what we do in the group chat. By which I mean yesterday, we sat in the exact same places we're sitting right now on the couch. And then we screencasted to the TV to watch the Pierre (laughs) Gasly reel with mood in the background and uh, the Carlos Sainz TikTok, which is very uh, important to me emotionally. Yeah. Uh, And then we watched Love Island for about seven hours. (laughs) And that's really that's really what we did for all of yesterday.
0: We went to brunch. What are you talking about? We left the house.
1: uh, Yeah. Okay. We left the house. But otherwise...
0: We're very hungover. But we left
1: the house. It was was severely... Yesterday was a day. It was my favorite kind of hangover brunch um, where everyone gets to the restaurant and they're like riding high on like... Everyone woke up, like took a bunch of ibuprofen, drank a bunch of water, like got it together to get dressed and like kind of try and look cute. And so, like, everyone's feeling good, arrive at the restaurant, order your first drink, you know, you're doing great, order some food, you maybe get the apps. Everyone was, like, really powering through. We were, Eating appetizers, doing great. Entrees arrived, and the whole table (laughs) just gets that look in their eye where you're like, oh, no.
0: We all fell silent.
1: Everyone was like, I thought that I was going to really power through this hangover in a way. (laughs) As though I was still 21 years old. Oh, hell no. And then like that, that very first amount of food hit and and my body was just like... Powered down. Mm. Yeah. My, my, <laughs> my body was like, look, I know you got up at noon, but um, that wasn't enough, girl. And so then I was just sitting at brunch. I was in the very middle of this table, directly across, in fact, from the birthday girl from the night uh, previous. Also- I entered that space of a hangover where like you kind of can't hear hmm. Also, because like I, nobody was really talking directly to me, but there was conversations to my left and conversations to my right and yeah. conversations across from me. And like I kept trying to kind of like join conversations, but I would like turn my head towards them and I just like couldn't really hear words. I knew conversations are happening, but I was like, like, for the fucking life of me, I couldn't tell you what they're talking about. So I would just end up staring at someone for like 45 seconds and then just like kind of turning and like looking at someone else for a while. Cause I was like, I don't know, guys, (laughs) emotionally and physically I'm not in, well, physically I'm in this space emotionally, uh, spiritually, absolutely still in bed. Yeah. I tried to, um, like beg the wait staff if I could have some like
0: headache medicine and they sold me they sold me no
1: and I was mean, like we need to leave I can't be You're here like anymore. I'm sorry
0: it's I
1: I'm not getting ibuprofen I just can't be here anymore but today is um a better day
0: yeah and then formula one did a, a really kind thing for us
1: in yeah which for us personally um the race started at
0: 10 so we were able to sleep until 9 45 this morning and that what woke us up was that first lap let me tell you yeah
1: the first lap really you know I was I was expecting, like, not that, uh... Honestly, I was expecting a pretty boring race today. Yeah? We will talk about this more before we talk about the full race, but I honestly was pretty unenthused by the sprint yesterday. Uh, And I was like, okay, so it's going to be that, but four times longer. But I would say we actually got a much better British GP than I was expecting. So I guess if we want to take it back and start with the sprint, or even take it back slightly before that... And sort of recap, before we get into what happened in the sprint, recap why this weekend was so different in terms of how, what sprint qualifying is, why we were doing it this weekend, how it changes the weekend calendar, all of that.
0: Kate, why don't you share with the team here, why, why do we have sprint qualifying? What is sprint qualifying? And then we'll get into how yesterday's sprint qualifying went.
1: Sure. So, sprint qualifying... The way a weekend works when you have sprint qualifying is you do one 60-minute practice on Friday. So instead of usually there's three free practice sessions of varying lengths. So you get less free practice time, but so you get an hour-long practice on Friday. And then also on Friday you do qualifying the way that you usually do qualifying in F1. So like Q1, Q2, Q3, the same elimination, knockout, the same way qualifying always is, basically. And that Friday qualifying sets the grid for Saturday. There's another free practice, also 60 minutes. And then after that practice, there's sprint qualifying, which is a 100-kilometer race that then sets the grid for this eventual actual Grand Prix on Sunday. So essentially what it is, is you get, instead of getting three free practice sessions and then a qualifying session that sets the grid for a race on Sunday, you get a practice, a qualifying that sets a grid for this shorter sprint, another practice, this sprint, which then sets the grid for Sunday and then the race on Sunday. So that's how sprint qualifying works in a weekend. The reason we're doing it. So we'll do this. This is the first of what will be three trials of the sprint qualifying system for F1 this season. We're doing it mostly because F1 as a sport and the FIA are trying to, what they've said is that they're trying to reinvigorate the whole weekend of F1 and increase the amount of spectacle for the entire weekend of the sport. So Not just that, you know, everybody wants to watch the race on Sunday and then like maybe people watch qualifying and then nobody gives a shit about like Friday free practice. If you're talking about sort of like a quote unquote typical F1 fans who someone who's like not a diehard, not super deep into it. They're probably only watching the race and they might not even be paying attention at all to any of the previous day events. So sprint qualifying is supposed to create a little bit more excitement. Over the whole course of the weekend, they've also said some stuff that like allegedly it's supposed to help with, you know, making championship battles tighter, things like that. Because, crucially, in sprint qualifying, the people who get the f- who podium for that race, the first place sprint qualifying finisher gets three points in the championship. Second place gets two points. Third place gets one point. So it's supposed to help make those championship battles closer at the top so that you don't have as many situations like we've had the last few years where, you know, Lewis clinches the championship with five races left in the season Mm -hmm. because mathematically, even if he, you know, whatever, like DNF'd every race after that, that he's so far ahead that he wins the championship. So it's meant to help with that kind of thing. A couple other slightly more niche things about sprint qualifying and the way sprint qualifying works. So it's a hundred kilometer race in this case at Silverstone, that meant 17 laps. It'll depend on track length for the other circuits that we see it at this season. They haven't confirmed where those other two races will be yet, but in this case it was 17 laps. So it's about a half hour race. You don't have to make a pit stop at all. So you you can choose whatever tire you want and you don't have to swap tires at all, which I don't believe we saw anybody in sprint swap tires other than there was like a first lap. Somebody fucked their own tires up and had to go swap them. And then for sprint qualifying, also, there's no podium ceremony. You just get a trophy in Park Firm, like after the race. In this case, they also did a strange thing. We watched Sprint Qualifying yesterday. Well hungover, but we did watch it. And they did a sort of weird thing because this was one of the first races with a full audience. Mm -hmm. So they put the winners of the Sprint, so Max, Lewis, and and Valtteri, on this like open-sided bus. Oh, Um, like a
0: parade bus.
1: Yeah, like a parade bus thing and drove them around the circuit while conducting the post-race interview. Huh. Jensen Button did the, Jensen Button is a former F1 driver. He did the post-race interviews. Yeah. And it was just a really, the vibe was a little strange because like the drivers were like uh, kind of very much distracted by like being in this moving vehicle, like trying to like pay attention to the crowd and wave Mm, to the crowd mm. while getting asked sort of like some fairly rote post-race questions. Yeah, And like it made the whole vibe of the thing really weird. So I guess this is, now that I've taken a winding path to explaining all of these things about what sprint qualifying is. I think we could talk about some of our impressions of sprint qualifying because we, I think Kennedy and I were not on team sprint qualifying, uh, when it was proposed preseason as to whether sprint qualifying or another option would be a good way to, uh, reinvigorate Saturdays in race weekends.
0: Reverse grid.
1: Now that we have seen a sprint weekend in F1, what were your thoughts?
0: It was interesting enough. I think it did, like, for example, Sergio Perez spun out and like completely destroyed his car. And I that does like accidents and stuff like that do happen in um, qualifying, but it, it's just not as big. And so I think like that was... Sort of an unnecessary casualty of the weekend, which resulted in him having to start from the pit lane today for the actual race. I don't know. I just, I like, there were some wheel to wheel challenges and there were tight like moments, but I, I, I don't know. It just, to me, it was a little bit just too similar to an actual race for me to feel like it was worth it.
1: Yeah, I think I don't know. A number 1, I just didn't really think there was like that much wrong with regular qualifying. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um so all of these solutions felt a little bit unnecessary like it's a, it's they're all a little gimmicky to mm-hmm. be honest. Like the sprint race thing is kind of gimmicky, reverse grid is kind of gimmicky like so to me I'm sort of like mm, maybe just leave it. Like, there's other problems with F1 that need solved more urgently to me. Yeah. Um. As well as, yeah, the sprint race, I think. Well, also, technically, it's not even the sprint race. It's just it's a the sprint. sprint. Period. But it, which is stupid because all of the drivers and all of the the official commentators, the tracks, had com- literally everybody in the sport, every time they talked about it yesterday was like, oh, yeah, the sprint race thing, I guess it's not a race, but i don't know the thing like it's a race it's ridiculous like first of all it's clearly a race and second of all like how did we get as far as having it actually happening in the sport and nobody knows like what to call it right clearly they were coached by probably the fia to not call it a race but like that's Uh, what else would it be that's dumb it's obviously a race I don't know. It just added to the fact that, like, even as much as drivers said that they enjoyed, like, qualifying on Friday instead of on Saturday and, like, all of that, it still feels like even the drivers are kind of like, eh, this is kind of dumb.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm I'm definitely doing this for longer tomorrow, so why would I do it again?
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It's...
0: I... Yeah. However, Soph brought up a really great point yesterday. She's like, I think strategically it's like a nice tool because you get to see like I I think qualifying is like its own thing but like the sprint itself you got to see how you measured up wheel to wheel with another team mm-hmm. and be able to make strategic decisions based on that performance for the true race on Sunday which I thought was interesting I do think the sprint race sorry the sprint I'm
1: just going to call it the fucking sprint race. This is ridiculous. (laughs)
0: The sprint. I think the sprint did give the drivers a little bit more drive to race closer to each other today. I think Mm -hmm. that... And was seen, especially on the first lap. Mm-hmm. But that could have also just been the excitement of the Silverstone race.
1: Yeah, so much more about, like, driver enjoyment of the weekend. Because especially the people, the person I heard talking most positively about, like, liking qualifying on Friday and things was Lewis Hamilton. Who, like, of course Lewis Hamilton is, like, Lewis Hamilton always enjoys Silverstone. It's his home race. He has won it, like, eight times. Like... He qualified on Friday in first, which was like his first time qualifying in first for a few races now. So like all of those things, yeah, like of course he's going to speak positively about it right now because like he's home getting cheered on by all of these, all of his home fans Yeah. in like one of the most historic circuits for the sport. Like, yeah. yeah. I think it's so much less about the fact that sprint qualifying is a good system and so much more about the fact that the drivers have been very sad about not having fans for the last you know season and a half ish for the most part and especially when it's your home race to have fans back finally in full for your home race is always going to be super powerful because before before things went so horribly wrong for Charles in Monaco he said the same thing yeah because there was fans in Monaco yeah yeah And it was his home race there. And so like, just reinvigorates you. Yeah. I think it's so much more about that energy than it is that like sprint qualifying is a good system.
0: Yeah, definitely. There's two more opportunities of sprint, sprint qualifying. You know, I think there, there are probably tons of other ways that they could jazz up the Saturday of the race weekend. One of them, you know, is the W series and I they could increase the number of W Series races that happen.
1: Who knows? We'll see. Well, yeah, and, like, the, the feature races on Saturday in general, I think part of the, like, a, as an F1 fan, even as, like, a, you know, fairly serious fan as we are, like, there's so little coverage and information about the feature races available, made available to any kind of F1 audience, where, like, if you were not engaged with these teams or this sport on social media, for instance, like other than the uh, a spare mention, maybe by the commentators during a race, you wouldn't even know that there had been a feature race the right. Day before. Right. Like, it's just not, and like, you know, whatever, whether it is actually to F1's benefit to ad- advertise like a Formula 2 race, Mm. you know or to advertise a w series race or whether like because they are at the end of the day somewhat separate institutions that like formula one just wants to get more you know whatever it's just so strange to me though because yeah it's just weird that this is where they're focusing like trying to make kind of big changes when i don't know like who's asking for this right it's kind of my question right
0: so you know, sprint qualifying, sprint race, it is. But it is, Sunday's where the real action is. Yeah. And today, my expectations were blown out of the water. I was not expecting the amount of action and excitement to happen in this race. But I'm actually really, really happy for like two reasons. One, because it was enjoyable to watch. And two, it made for an enjoyable race to watch um, as a little lights out crew here. Yeah. Yeah, so I I do think it's really important that even though today's race was really exciting, uh what happened in the first lap was Lewis and I almost said Valtteri. Lewis and Max uh were racing wheel to wheel. They mm-hmm. were switching positions throughout the the corners and turns and it was super exciting. However, there was an incident in which there was contact between Lewis and Max and max took the brunt of a 51 g force hit against the sidewall their wheels just tapped one another and it pushed max off course in a way that um his car was definitely retired he took quite a hit um he is thankfully okay you know he definitely had the wind knocked out of his sails and he, he it, it It was a hard hit, and it was very scary to watch, which resulted in the race itself being red flagged, which if you've watched any race before or heard us make any comment about it, red flag moments are scary, but also they provide a lot of B-roll, a lot of commentary. However, today's production seemed a little off in the way that the red flagging of the session Like, the F1 didn't really take advantage of that time well. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you agree with that, Kate?
1: Yeah, I mean, so the biggest problem, my biggest complaint truly today was, and this is something that we have sort of complained about before in other ways, the production of the race as a television event
0: Mm -hmm.
1: was not... Uh, in some ways, not as bad as it has been in other races sure. where we've actually missed literally so much on track action. We yeah. didn't miss that much on track action this week. We didn't miss that many overtakes. The problem this race was, especially during that red flag period, as they were playing replays of the incident, as they're playing B-roll from the pit lane or trying to play you know interviews that they're doing on track with people related to this incident. Continually, they would be playing a radio clip. So they would be playing, you know, a conversation between the FIA and someone on the Red Bull pit wall, who's essentially presenting their case to uh, Michael Massey, the race director, as to why they believe, you know, the incident was Lewis's fault and he should take whatever, you know, kind of penalty that Red Bull thinks he should have. And they're playing this radio and the commentator is literally talking over it the entire time. And at one point,
0: they were just repeating what was being said in that conversation. Or there would be a moment where a commentator is discussing maybe some action that's happening, you know, in the, the red flagged pit area, or just a replay of the incident itself. But the visual on the screen did not match that whatsoever yeah and so it was very disorienting as a general viewer to be like what am i following what is happening here why can't i hear christian horner or you know total wolf pull the receipts to to place blame on one another Mm -hmm. because there was just there was just issues with that i think in the beginning of that 15 minute you know 15 or so minute red flagging it would have been okay to have a little overlap but for it to be consistent throughout the entire time eventually some production team should catch up to that and correct it and they didn't
1: yeah well that's what was shocking is like of course in the immediate wake of an incident as they're among other things trying to number one make sure they're not broadcasting a serious accident live before Mm -hmm. they know that the driver is okay for instance right like that's something that they don't do when there is a serious accident in, until they get some kind of either radio confirmation that the driver is fine or physically see the driver getting out of the car. They don't display whatever angle they have of the crash. Yeah. Which perfectly makes sense. Great, great, great. Fine. And like, you know, in the immediate aftermath of something and production is scrambling and maybe there's an error. Sure. But like, as we're 10 minutes into the red flag, And there's really nothing happening because everyone's sitting in the pit lane and they're just rehashing over and over, you know, getting various people's perspectives on, okay, whose fault do you think this was? Mm -hmm. And we're still having those kinds of like fairly major production errors. I just like what, what you know, why is it this chaotic right now? Yeah,
0: it's disappointing as a viewer. Alas, we're here to talk about the race. <laughs> so the race itself was very interesting. So thankfully, Max is okay. He obviously had a DNF. And when they did a restart of the race, Charles Leclerc was actually someone in the final lap right before they did the, he, or the red flag. He was in P1 positioning. And so he led the entire race today, with the exception of a bit at the end.
1: Yeah. So Charles had qualified during the sprint in P4, so right behind Valtteri. So it had been Max, Lewis, Valtteri, Charles. And then during the first start of the race, obviously before the completion of the first lap was when Max and Lewis crashed, and immediately in the aftermath of that crash, essentially as Lewis was uh, you know, repositioning after hitting Max, um Charles managed to take the lead having already passed Valtteri in the very opening corners of the race before that completion of the first lap and, uh, before the red flagging Charles was in first. So then, uh, on the restart, he started the race in first and then, yeah, as Kennedy said, he retained that first place for another 50, 49 and a half or so laps. Unfortunately, Charles did not win, which would have been very lovely and sort of a nice redemption arc after, you know, really earning first place pole position in Monaco and then not being able to even start that race. It would have been a little bit of like a nice sort of uh, closing of the loop there had he gotten first in this. But unfortunately, at the very ending stages of the race... He just really didn't have the pace left by comparison to Lewis. Yeah. So Lewis took first, but Charles took second. So that's his first podium of this season. Great to see him back on the podium. Yes. Love to see him back on the podium. He looked great this week. Not to skip too far ahead to the very end of the race already, but Charles looked great. His skin's looking amazing also. I know. His and old dimples were in full display. They
0: were, you know, and then Valtteri placed third.
1: As Valtteri's wanted to do.
0: Yes, yes. Um, But I think that was really exciting. It was a disappointment for Red Bull today, but super exciting for Mercedes. This is the first race that Lewis has won in the last six weeks. Since Spain. Spain. And, you know, to, to win his home GP, to have the roar of the audience as fighting until the very end to take first place position from Charles Uh, it was overall super exciting you know I know the three of us we were sitting there it was a nail biter down to the very end
1: oh my my heart rate was so high I actually in that moment was like oh I have not taken my anxiety medication today (laughs) and I in fact just now remembered as I'm sitting here speaking this that I still haven't taken said medication but I'm no longer as anxious as I was watching the last three race three laps of this race.
0: Definitely. And I I it was just it was an overall a really good race for Mercedes and for Lewis Hamilton. Disappointing um for Max Verstappen. He actually just made a post online talking about how he felt disrespected by everyone cheering and celebrating at the race today. You know, at, despite him, you know, going through such a rough accident and you know Respectfully to Max Verstappen, the race goes on, and I think that's really important to remember. Last year, during Roman Grosjean's near miss of a, a nearly fatal accident, the race did go on, and you know we celebrated Checo Perez and his win. So it's extremely um, it's extremely scary, and emotions are really high. And I think we need to be sensitive to that. However. Um, At the end of the day, the race does go on. We are happy that Max is, is okay. Um, And we definitely know he'll be back on the track and he'll be fine.
1: Yeah. And I would also say, obviously it makes sense that, you know, Max is, is feeling, um, you know, hard done by in this situation, but With the number of people involved in the sport and former world champions and other team principals, like if we look outside of Mercedes and Red Bull, who are both obviously going to be extremely biased in their response to this, everyone else that they spoke to in terms of former world champions and other like FI, uh, you know, Formula One people, everybody's like, yeah, it's a racing incident. Yeah. Yeah. Lewis wasn't, you know, Lewis was making a very aggressive move, but, and yeah, he could have left Max more room, but Max didn't have to turn in there. Sure, He didn't have to. He made the assumption that Lewis was going to have pulled out. Sure. And so I think Red Bull, certainly in the immediate aftermath of the accident, and I'm sure for the days and weeks to come, will continue to... Play the hurt party mm-hmm. very much so here. I mean, the idea that Helmet Marco is going around claiming that Lewis should get a race suspension for this, I think, is pretty extreme. The fact that Christian Horner, every time someone is speaking to him about it, is trying to highlight and play, you know, give the worst case scenario straw man that, you know, thank God Max could walk away from this. Yes, obviously, thank God he was able to walk away from this every time there is an accident. It's great that people are able to walk away from it. But that doesn't mean that this was a much more egregious accident than it actually was. Right? Just because it was a very, you know, just because it was a high level of impact and just because it's particularly inconvenient for Red Bull in the championship fight doesn't actually mean that this was some sort of black flagging fully unsportsmanlike and wasn't like it just wasn't it just wasn't it was a borderline edge racing incident in the first lap of a race where red bull should have absolutely expected that this was going to be a race where they were going to have to fight tooth and nail with mercedes of course lewis hamilton was going to be doing everything he could at his home race when he hasn't won a race since spain To get past Max, especially when they had the sprint race yesterday, which showed them that in racing conditions, they were going to have very few opportunities, if any, to pass the Red Bull once they got through a certain sector of the track. And that essentially where this uh, incident occurred, the turn on the track where this incident occurred, was realistically probably Lewis's last chance to pass Max. During the entire race. Right. And that unless they could potentially pull off some kind of undercut with the pit stops later on, that this was the only opportunity he had to potentially take the lead of this race. Right. So, of course, he went to fucking take it. Yeah. I just, the... Um, I think what's important here
0: to remember is all that matters is the FIA's opinion. Yeah. And sure, they gave what one could consider a very lenient ruling if you're a red bull or a helmet marco or christian horner or max verstappen but ultimately they determined that it was worth a 10 second penalty because it was a racing incident and everyone needs to move on
1: yeah so and like you know i i also the criticism of like what level of post-race celebrations are happening i'm like again it's it's the British GP won by a British driver. I'm sorry. You thought they were gonna be subtle yeah. in the post-race celebrations? Yeah. It feels it highlights a bit of Max's personality, which I think is what I tend to rub up against when I have a little bit of trouble with him as a driver, which is it feels a little bit immature and a little bit whiny. Yeah. It feels a it feels like a very self-centered way to look at you know the day to to specifically call Lewis unsportsmanlike for not even unsportsmanlike for what happened on the track not for the the crash but for celebrating to celebrate his the win. fact that he hard earned that he win yeah that he put a lot of work in to win i mean that the man was me- winded the entire time <laughs> like I don't know just to me I'm like you know it's not like he crashed into max had first place of the race and then just like it was a cakewalk for him from there like not at all you know like he put in a lot of work to to achieve that win so of course he was going to celebrate it and I just you know I'm like uh, I don't know. I'm sure that had it gone the other way, we also would have gotten a post from Lewis bitching about but it, but I don't also, know.
0: Also, I just, for me personally, I just feel like Lewis is such is someone who always wants to make sure there's safety and people are, are, you know, t- being taken care of. I think his something that is consistent about Lewis is he thinks the fans and he thinks his team as well as he's always concerned for others. Well, being, Obviously he wants to make sure like he's doing his best and he feels good and you know, you know, put on your mask before helping others. You know, that's what they say on on an airplane. And I think people carry that on to other things. But it's really important that to Lewis that he makes sure that everyone else is okay as well. And I just I think that comes with maturity and being such a seasoned driver Mm -hmm. um, and age. And hopefully, you know, Max Verstappen sees that too and start and gets to that point eventually as well. Mm-hmm. I just think he and Red Bull are bummed because they were in the lead for the world championship and this just brought Mercedes and Lewis that much closer and they could see a scenario in which they lose this. After the Euro Cup final last weekend and the absolutely horrid, com- like, Comments and treatment um, against the black players, Mm -hmm. like this win means so much more to Mm -hmm. Lewis than I think people even like the the Red Bull team even understand Mm -hmm. for him to be a black British driver winning at home and to have such a hard-fought one victory down to the last moment in time
1: mm-hmm.
0: um <clears throat> to the last moment uh, down to the last minute and it's a, a british and italian like there's just so many parallels there that it's disappointing to see red bull and max and everyone acting this way because this win means so much more than just to win and their ego is hurt. Even after Lewis just, his commission just released all that information about diversity within the sport. Like it just, there's just so, it just means so much more.
1: Yeah. Especially because with Checo DNFing during sprint and ultimately not even being able to make it back into the points for this race, this is a zero point race for Red Bull. Not only is it a zero point race, Now it's both a zero point race and a very expensive, probably million, million and a half, $2 million race for them now that they have to completely rebuild Max's car and have no points. I get why they're salty. Yeah. Fair. Shit weekend all around. For Red Bull. Yeah. for, for, For Red Bull, terrible weekend. I get it but like that's the way this sport goes and if it was the other way around you can bet a, everything i bet everything i have that christian horner would be doing the same thing total wolf is saying this was a racing incident sorry they didn't get any points this week but that's how formula 1 is mhm and like i don't know their whole the two of them have been very snippy in the press with each other this whole season really but especially the past few weeks mercedes and red bull have always been snippy with each other it's definitely I think getting a little bit more ill-spirited between the teams. I think for a while, yeah, I I don't think that Mercedes took very kindly to taking a back seat in the championship. And I think that Red Bull is not at all taking kindly to the idea that Mercedes might come and snatch it back from them after they thought they potentially had it sewn up. Mm. And yeah, I think we're going to see some hard, very hard racing between the two in Hungary in the next round. I would expect that as the press room content comes out today and as more social posts come out today, there will be a lot more harsh words spoken. Mm. But ultimately the FAA made their ruling. Case closed. On to the next one. That is how the cookie crumbles. Better luck next week, Max and Checo.
0: Let the chips fall where they may. Fall where they may.
1: I think of She's the Man every time someone says that. <laughs>
0: Forward. Hey guys, quick interjection here uh, from producer Soph. The FIA, as well as Red Bull, as well as Mercedes, and a few other teens and drivers did post some statements regarding the unfortunate racist abuse that Lewis did receive after the win yesterday. Um, those things came to light after we recorded. I think we might have, the, the girls might have talked about it uh if we'd known about it but unfortunately that did happen so we just wanted to communicate the FIA and you know drive other drivers and teams did a nice job of proclaiming that kind of behavior as bullshit and yeah we just wanted to give you that little update as to how things actually did play out after the race yesterday All right, I'm going to let the ladies take it away, give you a little bit of more lighter conversation. We just wanted to make sure you guys knew that's
1: what was up. All right. Um, But yeah, outside of this uh, Mercedes Red Bull spat, scuffle, (laughs) this little little scuffle, um, there was a lot else to watch on track today, Mm -hmm. I would say. I mean, I loved to see. I think it shouldn't get too caught. uh, It shouldn't be left to the side next Mercedes and Red Bull that... The fact that a Ferrari came very close to winning this race, considering how 2020 went yeah. for a Ferrari, and with Carlos Sainz finishing sixth behind Danny Ricardo after having started from outside of the points, is astonishing. Mm-hmm. And I'm very happy for them. Mm-hmm. Um, as everyone knows, I'm very supportive of Team Ferrari.
0: Are you? Yeah, I don't think I've ever just, heard that. Yeah, from you.
1: you know, I think I'm so subtle about it. I
0: thought you were a really big Latifi guy. Mm, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I'm a. I was going to say I'm a Honda girl. We got this shout out to Derek. Shout out to Derek, a true Honda man.
0: Um, <laughs> we were at a party on Friday, and the three of us we were we were talking to someone, and we mentioned that we have a Formula One podcast, and this man goes, he's like. Oh yeah, and he goes, "Max for staffin. And then we're all like, "What?" And he goes, "Well, you know, just generally, it's a Honda engine, and I'm a I'm a Honda guy." And we're like, "Wow. Um, you wear that proudly, sir."
1: Yes. Uh yeah, I'm a I mean, in terms of what I've driven, I'm a Mazda gal, but <laughs> Mazda isn't enough <an laughs> one, so I'm going to go with Ferrari cuz I think Mazdas are the Ferrari of cheap US cars actually. Sure. Made in Asia. But yeah, I think I think Mazda, Ferrari is like basically the same. So that's yeah. But yeah, we did hear post race the most heartbreaking radio message from Charles which was honestly devastating
0: yeah Soph was so sweet at the end of the race like when it was down to the last lap she's like I don't know if I don't know I because she loves Lewis Hamilton she also loves Charles Leclerc so she's just like I don't know who I I feel very conflicted who do I cheer do I clap do I not do I am I sad what's going on what's going on and then at the very end when we heard this message come through everyone's hearts just dropped
1: He was just so disappointed to not have been able to take first, even though, you know, this was a really spectacular drive from him. Realistically, Ferrari did not expect to be fighting for the lead of the race or even necessarily a podium this week, so... It's still a really great performance from him. It really reminds me of you know what we saw out of out of Charles in twenty nineteen. So, yeah, all around, it's still a good. It's very good race for Ferrari, but I definitely understand why it's so heartbreaking yeah. for Charles. And it's very similar to the the Georgie Russell,
0: Sergio, uh, Checo Perez win from last year. How he led majority of that race mm-hmm. and. He just couldn't pull it out at the very end due to some technical errors. But then you were also ha- seeing like Checo Perez win his first ever race. So you're like, oh, I'm so happy, but so sad. Yeah,
1: yeah. That one's still a little sore for me. I'm not quite as much of a Checo fan as you are. I th- so I still fall. <laughs> I fall further to the George side in that, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, great for Checo. Well, I think but it like, was. I- it was more so like
0: Checo had. I mean, yeah, you can listen to episode two of what happened in 2020, but you know, Checo didn't have a drive and he was an unsigned driver. And yeah, you know, the drama of it, I guess the drama. I drama was, um, uh, you could also watch season three of drive to survive, um,
1: for the Checo side of that conversation and not the George side. Cause they didn't cover him at all in season three at drive to survive producers. What parking lot, 15 minutes. I'll fight you hand to hand. Step the fuck up. <laughs> fight me dance battle
0: <laughs> i'm gonna punch fight dance out my rage against you
1: It's just you know i'm a ride or die for my fan g or my man gr georgie russell georgie um love him georgie actually speaking of georgie <laughs> why not slide into this, this every time slide every into this time
0: one of us mentions him and then it's just like ah uh, and so it's like my there goes my
1: edit so, so it's like that 45 eight minutes. minutes later they're still gonna be talking about fucking george russell those eight minutes are gonna stay on the cutting room floor <laughs> We're oh. going to get, I want the George Russell episode super cut at the end of the season. <laughs> That's just two and a half hours of us talking about George Russell every weekend. Oh. Um, no, I was just going to actually shake throw here. I love it. Just the quickest mention to say um, his sprint qualifying was like good, but not like uh, insanely noteworthy. But he had a very good performance during qualifying on Friday. Mm so he continues to get he's this for now for the second time in a row has gotten the williams into q3 of qualifying.
0: He definitely is getting the power out of that Williams. I I just I'm so excited for the rest of his career. Like yeah. I really can't wait to see what he does.
1: Yeah. And so my my two George Russell notes were yes, that he continues to put the Williams into q3, which I think is very noteworthy. Sure. And number 2. Noted. There was and has been, as we've noted before, much discussion about the second Mercedes seat besides beside Lewis Hamilton for next season and much discussion about George Russell's future and whether he will take that seat. And there was very much buildup and much claiming from people that uh, Silverstone would be the announcement. And they would announce that George Russell was going to take the second seat and Mercedes was going to have all the British drivers and blah, 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 blah. And absolutely fucking nothing happened. Yeah. uh,
0: Super anticlimactic. But like we mentioned a few episodes ago, we're not going to get the second seat announcement until probably the end of the season.
1: Yeah. I don't think I think Mercedes is just because like they're just toying with us at this point. Our emotions, Mercedes, are raw. Yeah. Come on. So to round out our recap of the race, we also had, so Carlos also managed to take sixth. So two Ferraris in the points there. There was also two McLarens in the points, fourth and fifth. So it will have been pretty fairly important for that uh, championship battle between McLaren and Ferrari, which is fairly tight right now, that Charles managed to get second. That will be significant in their championship battle. So that's really interesting to see. We also saw both Alpines in the points this week, which was pretty surprising. So Fernando Alonso in seventh, Esteban Ocon in ninth, which was a little bit surprising, especially for Esteban. He's sort of been hanging out towards the back of the grid recently. So good to see him up in the points. We also have Lance Stroll in the points in eighth, which was a little bit surprising because he just was like all weekend... Lance has been fairly good at other races this season, but was struggling. So at the at Silverstone, through free practice, through sprint, all of that was not doing great. But he managed to finish in eighth. So a couple more points for Aston Martin. And then kind of surprisingly, also rounding out our top 10 is Yuki Tsunoda in 10th. Some more points for the AlphaTauri rookie. It's awesome. Yeah, which I think... Yuki definitely needed. He's definitely been a little bit touch and go so far this season in terms of some races where he's really performing very well and then some races where, you know, he's maybe looking very rookie, very green, mm. making some unforced of weird errors. Yeah. yeah, an interesting top 10. Certainly a very dramatic race, and I'm sure drama will follow it for the next Two weeks. Two weeks at least, and probably well over the summer break, I would guess. So, yeah, I think definitely a very interesting one to watch.
0: Yeah, let's go to the news.
1: Let's go to the news.
0: All right, so we have quite a bit of news to cover Given that we missed the last race and then there was a break in between. Number one, Mr. Lewis Hamilton, Sir Lewis Hamilton, winner of today's race, has signed a contract extension with Mercedes. And so he will now be part of the Mercedes team until 2023, which is very exciting because this leads into my next bit of news, which was this past week. The 2022 Formula One car design was revealed. Mm -hmm. And this is talking about the next era in Formula One racing, One Begins. What's different about this car is the tires themselves are increasing in size. The front wing itself is more compact and sleeker in design, which allows more airflow to the floorboards. And then the back wing itself is less wide and is more tapered to al- allow for a bit more of a slipstream of air throughout the vehicle mm-hmm. while they're driving, just super exciting. Can't wait, to be completely honest, to see how this factors into the next year of racing, um, teams will have already started putting money into the development of their car for the 2022 season. Um, And I can guarantee you during that summer break, some strategy meetings will be taking place to see how they can best maximize their car. I think ones to watch for me is probably Haas, simply because they did not put any money into development of the 21 vehicle. So I'm really curious as to how all the money into the 22 vehicle is going to pay off for them with this new design.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Also, the intention of a lot of the changes in terms of the difference between the cars in this era and the hybrid era and for the 2021 season versus the 2022 season, theoretically, the new design is to enable more wheel-to-wheel racing between drivers. So these cars theoretically should be able to follow closer, be able to be, like, a little bit more nimble, perhaps, than um, the cars are right now. I think they are also slightly narrower Mm -hmm. than the old cars, so, you know, maybe it will help a little on some of these older circuits where the size of current F1 cars by comparison to F1 cars from, you know, the beginning days of the sport, where like in Monaco, you know, the race is becoming pretty processional just because the cars are so big you can't overtake anymore because the streets aren't big enough. Um, So, you know, maybe this shift towards a very slightly smaller car will help in some of those situations. But otherwise, I think it'll just be really interesting to see a new era of cars, a new era with all of the rule changes coming up as they solidify all of that for next season.
0: Definitely. Going into our next topic of discussion, along with the new era. So Lewis Hamilton has pulled together and created the Hamilton Commission, which is talking about their aim to change the level of representation of black people within this Formula One racing sport. They published a report talking about how they can improve diversity within UK motorsport as a whole. Mm -hmm. And I think one startling piece of information right off the top, and we can talk about this further in our Road to F1 conversation, is that only 1% of people that are employed within the sport of Formula One come from Black backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And so Lewis being part of Formula One is just the start of what we could be doing um, to have better representation and diversity within the sport. Mm-hmm. In response to that, Stefano DiMicali, who is the president and CEO of Formula One, was quoted saying, we will take the time to read and reflect all of the findings of the Hamilton Commission, but we completely agree that there is a need to increase diversity across the sport. We've taken action to address this. There's always more to do, and the report will full, will stimulate thoughts about further actions that are required. In addition to that, they, as a result of the report, Formula One themselves has given their latest commitments to diversity and inclusion, including 10 students from underrepresented groups and underprivileged backgrounds will qualify for a full scholarship, including full tuition and fees. And all 10 Formula One teams are committed to providing work experience opportunities to a scholar during their time at university. There is going to be an apprenticeship program. So F1 will place two long-term apprentices from underrepresented groups within the work. Organization In 2021, starting in September, an internship program, so six interns from underrepresented groups will be offered roles across the organization throughout the rest of 2021. In addition, Formula One redefined or established what they stand for. Formula One is a sport that represents millions of global fans, and we take we want to take steps to ensure we are as diverse and inclusive in our own community as the communities we race in around the world. This is not forcing diversity. This is about ensuring every person from every background has the same opportunity to have a career in Formula One, whatever that role may be. So definitely doubling down on that. We race as one mentality mm-hmm. and really looking forward to how the impact of the work that Lewis has done as well as this commitment to diversity equity and inclusion within the sport will have on the rest of the season but for years to come Mm -hmm.
1: certainly and you know much of the current inclusion and diversity conversation in f1 right now is focused on racial and ethnic diversity primarily um but hopefully we will also as as the sport improves inclusion across demographics like that we'll also improve inclusion on other metrics so you know more women in the sport hopefully these rule changes for actual competitors for drivers will help and lower levels of racing hopefully will change some rules to help you know help it not be a sport that rich drivers get to race and nobody else does because increasingly the conversation has been that among lower levels of racing it's very difficult if you do not come from a privileged background or have a massive amount of sponsorship that you just simply never even come close to the opportunity to get into an F1 car because you never get into an F2 car or maybe even an F3 car. So hopefully motorsport in general and F1 can sort of make some progress towards those. And I think, you know, the tone is really set at the top of the organization. So if F1 can align itself to be more equitable and more inclusive that I think other areas of motorsport will follow.
0: Yeah. So do we want to move on to our social media star of the week? Social media star it up.
1: Well, you know, I don't have like one person this week who I'm really jazzed about. I do feel like people, I don't know, maybe I just wasn't paying good attention this week. I feel like people were a little quiet on social media this week, or just maybe a little bland. Mm. It was not as it was not as uh, interesting as I think some weeks have been in terms of social content. I at least want to give special mention to George Russell's incredible striped jacket <laughs> that he wore to Friday's events. Mm-hmm. Spectacular. Or maybe even Thursday. Maybe he wore that for Media Day. I can't remember anymore. But that was insane. Loved that. But yeah, in terms of like a singular social media star, I think I, well, you know what? Actually, my social media star is just going to be this one specific video, which is when they asked Carlos Sainz and Antonio Giovinazzi, a small child, asked them their thoughts on pineapple on pizza. Mm-hmm. And they both really went into, like, an after-school PSA mode <laughs> of, like, this child shouldn't even be considering pineapple on pizza at his age. Yeah. And they were just really um, morally worried for this <laughs> child. And his for his
0: well-being. Yeah, for his yeah.
1: well-being. Um, and I thought that was very funny. Yeah.
0: No, that was great. That was really great. Okay, well, I do have one. Okay. And it's it's not necessarily this week, but I think it's, like, in the two weeks between... Our previous race in this race, <sighs> Lewis Hamilton at Paris Fashion Week.
1: Ooh, yeah! I've provided that. some
0: like that was fantastic content for the Gram.
1: Yeah, he looked
0: great. Yeah, he- he's like he is a beautiful man. Yeah, I just I like I don't think it can be said enough that he's just a
1: beautiful man who has style. Yeah, I heartily agree.
0: And I mean, and he hung out with. Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner,
1: Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner last week, Tom Cruise at the race this week, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford taking a photo, he was at the Williams garage this week, and there's a photo of George and Harrison Ford, and they just truly look like grandfather and grandson. So, they do they look related. It's very funny. That was also that was another honorable mention for great social media moments this week. So, let's hope that the interim between the British GP and the Hungarian GP that we have coming up next, mm-hmm. that we get a little bit better content. Definitely. All
0: right. Well, girls. Soph, Kate, thank you so much for coming to my
1: home. Thank you for having us. This has been so lovely. So nice to be in one place. So nice to have a n- nice dramatic race. Yeah. We should uh we should do this more often. I think it's uh time to go lay by the pool for a hot sec. I definitely agree with that. Maybe a little nap. Um. It's have some some lunch lunch. yeah so we will catch you all in hungary next for our last episode before the uh summer break i almost said christmas break
0: so we'll see you we'll be we'll be back for a race recap in two weeks time until then
1: depending how you feel about the max and lewis scuffle stay off instagram (laughs) all right bye guys Goodbye. goodbye
0: You've been listening to Lights Out.